Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Common Sense Show, the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. We have an important show, and I've wanted to do a follow-up. We did some stuff on Gascon some time back, and we've got a pretty similar case coming out of Savannah, Georgia. And this is really serious. If you're in a community where you have a situation like what we're going to describe with our guest, Anthony Burton, your safety is at risk. They, they want to defund the police. They want to take away your guns, so they just have time to come and show up and draw a chalk around your cold, dead body. Well... You know, we we need to address this, and we need to address it in our elections. And we have Anthony Burton with us, and Anthony is running for judge in Savannah, but he's also been, let's put it this way, he's also been critical of a local DA who is a a Gascon lookalike, so to speak, with regard to their actions. And we're going to get to Anthony in just a second for this really important story. But first, let's take care of all our business up front. And that means you're seeing the prognostications. You're seeing what the truckers are saying. You're seeing the fertilizer issues. If you don't have storable food, you might be running out of time. And you really need to get as much as you can get in as short a time as you can get it because you don't want to depend on a government that left 9,000 Americans behind enemy lines in Afghanistan. So go to preparewithdave.com. All the details are there. You also need water filtration. If Putin makes good on his promise to take down the grid, you'll be foraging for water. So we're representing the Alexa Pure Pro water filter. And that, I can tell you, does have a shelf life. They thought they were out. They found some in the supply chain. They said, give it to Dave Hodges. He's the only vendor in the United States now that will sell these. And that's true. We are. But when they're gone, they're gone because they come out of China. And so, in fact, specifically, they come out of Shanghai. So you're going to want to jump on that, too. Waterwithdave.com. And then finally, ladies and gentlemen, you know I'm an advertiser for Noble Gold, have been. I believe in getting outside the system as much as you can. I don't trust where the banks are at now. I don't trust the dollar. There's too much deficit spending, $40 billion more on top of everything else. And so what are you going to do? Well, (laughs) Noble Gold has a plan for you. And it's not just gold. They have all kinds of investment programs. They have all kinds of asset protection programs. And if you have a nest egg to protect, this is absolutely what you need to do. And absolutely, without question, you at least owe yourself a conversation with them. I'm a customer as well. And I can tell you, they're first rate, no pressure. So go to goldwithdave.com. That's goldwithdave.com. They'll send you free material. But you'll have to call them because they are trained not to pester you. That's goldwithdave.com. That takes care of our business here. And you notice all our ads are about 
helping you get through some potentially very difficult times that loom on our horizon. But difficult times are here in our legal system. I personally, I know there's good men and women that work in our legal system, great men and women, and they're conscientious about their jobs. But the system is broken. It's broken badly. And right now, I have no faith in this system from top to bottom. And we're going to expose some of this here. Anthony, welcome to the show. I'm sure glad you could join us. And uh, I'm just going to kind of let the story unfold with you. Um, what led you to have CJ uh, contact me and say, you really need to get this guy on, Dave, because he's telling a horrific story about our legal system? So uh, how I got in touch with her is I was speaking at uh, with some other people, and I told them just the story of how I ended up running for judge and how I ended up being fired from the uh, DA that you're talking about. So I had worked in that office in 2015. I was hired. I stayed on. Uh, we had a great DA. We had a gang unit that was doing some good work, which has now been disbanded. Um you know, we had a 90% or higher trial win rate, and then the pandemic happened, and then the 2020 election happened, and we ended up getting this new DA, Shalina, um, who, as I think you mentioned, is um, funded by Soros. He gave at least $80,000 to her campaign through one of his PACs. So I... Stayed on when she came in because I felt like I can still do more good on the inside than the outside. Um, but, you know, I also had seen some really ridiculous um, violations of the law, in my opinion, when it came to bonds during the pandemic. So I had personally seen murderers, rapists, child molesters, one guy that had enough fentanyl to kill everyone in my county four times over get oh. OR bonds, which is called... Uh, it's just legalese for uh, sign a piece of paper and promise to come back to court. No uh, money amount, no conditions, anything like that. Oh, my gosh. Motivated me to run. And I told the DA, you know, I'm going to be doing this. If you don't want me in the office while I'm running, you know, let me know. I'll go ahead and find a different job. One of the time she said, oh, no, that's, you know, that's fine. That's great. We're really happy that you've decided to. I don't think she realized that I was going to be running on law and order and that the reason I had stayed in her office was not because I subscribed to her particular type of insanity. And so through the campaign, I started talking about the rise in shootings. We have a shooting uh, every single night. Uh, yesterday was the only day we didn't have a shooting. We had a stabbing instead. Um, so I posted about... Um, there's an app that I look at. It's the Neighbors app or something like that, and it'll let people post about crime and stuff that's happening around their neighborhood. Well, I saw someone in what is considered a nicer part of town. It's where several of the judges live, and it's called Ardley Park. And they had posted on there, I've lived here my whole life. I just heard eight rapid-fire gunshots. This has never happened before. And so I took a screenshot, and I put it up on facebook and i said you know chatham county help me help chatham county we don't have to have it like this it wasn't like this before now you know it's not hard to put together when we've kept people in jail that needed to be in jail when we prosecuted cases crime was not this bad <clears throat> so i put that up there and then that morning i'm in the office and shalina comes by and she says you know why are you talking about 
uh, a rise in crime. There is no rise in crime. We're doing a great job here. Yeah, I was very respectful. And so we know this is what I'm running my campaign on. I believe that people are very receptive to um, the rise in crime and how we need to do something about it. And she says, well, you need to talk about the different programs we have to do this, do that. And, you know, I'm just going to keep doing my campaign the way that I've been doing it. It's been working. And that was the end of the conversation. So I thought. I didn't hear anything about it until 5.15 that day. I am left work driving to a campaign event, and I get a call from a secretary and says, uh, you need to come and collect your personal stuff. You don't work here anymore. So basically talking about there being crime, uh, telling the truth, and being ethical, which is one of the things I've been running on, which goes into being truthful, is why I ended up getting fired by her. Hmm. Fired by a secretary on the phone. Fired by a secretary. Because still, Shalina has not come out and said a single thing to me. Um, she sent a letter um, about two or three weeks after I was told to get my stuff that said that I was fired for a violation of confidentiality by texting someone else in the office uh, if another employee was going to be quitting because I was very concerned about this and at the time we were down uh, six attorneys so we were already struggling to keep people in courtrooms keep everything running and do the paperwork you have to do on the side um, it's only gotten worse they are now down 11 of 42 attorneys so one fourth of the office is gone Um the people that have stayed are not qualified. They're not trained. They've never been prosecutors before. Um, there's several people there that they get a very large paycheck and don't have any case load at all. Their job is to sit there and watch CNN. Um, and I'm not making that up. But if someone talks, Message received. <laughs> um, you caught me off guard with the CNN comment, but message received. Let let me ask you a question here. Um, what do you think the reason for the attrition is? So um, people have left that are good attorneys that don't believe in the kind of prosecution that the office is doing um, or the lack thereof. Okay. Um, when I left, um, I, you know, they said, okay, well, you're fired. And I'm like, well, let me get everything off my computer, all of that kind of stuff. So I had the data reports from this year, from January to March 22nd. And we aren't prosecuting crimes. At the time, it showed that six murders had been null prost, which is legally scored dismissed. Not pled down, which is what they're doing with a lot of cases, um, but simply just completely dismissed to let back out on the street. What are some of the more outrageous plea bargains that you're seeing coming out of that office? We had one that was a uh, quote-unquote local rapper who, during the investigation into his the murder that happened before they knew who had done it, had released a confession rap video Um him and his buddy throwing guns and pointing them at the camera and um, 
basically confessing to the crime. He didn't say, I killed this person. It was, you know, I can't quote it or sing, but it was, you know, uh, mind your business, keep your mouth shut. I sent, you know, inappropriate word to the sky. Um, you know, basically, if you go through the whole thing, it's saying, oh, he murdered someone for not keeping their mouth shut and he's confessing to it. Well, even with that confession and all the other evidence, it went from uh, felony murder, it went from possibility of life without parole to um, voluntary manslaughter, uh, 15 years probation, two years to serve. He'd already done the two years and he was released. Uh, And the main thing from the plea transcript was not Uh, you know, anything about the murder, anything about the victims, anything about the impact on our community. The main issue was if he was going to get his Rolex back from property. My goodness. That's um, similar to what we're seeing here. I I live in a rural part of Maricopa County in Arizona, and uh, we just uh, jettisoned a prosecutor like what you're talking about. Unfortunately for her, she passed a week after leaving office, forced out of office, basically. But same thing, course, cases weren't prosecuted, uh, limitations came into effect, you know, time limitations, and uh, crime is up dramatically. The uh, police chief is leaving this summer. She's retiring, and she, generally everyone thinks she's done a good job. Uh, people are just sick of it. People are leaving the Maricopa County Prosecutor's Office as well, too. Um, let me ask about political affiliations. I can kind of guess. You mentioned CNN. But are, are the, the prosecutor, again, what's her name and what's her party affiliation? Is she a Democrat? Yes. Her name's Shalina Cook-Jones, and she's a Democrat. Shalina Cook-Jones. And, and what kind of uh, background did she have and what... What was her platform when she ran? She goes, I'll let all the murderers free. I mean, what did she tell the public? She, um, you know, it's not a very good attorney. That's not subjective. It's objective. Because one of the things she ran on was that she was going to get rid of cash bail entirely. Um, There's actually statutes in Georgia that don't allow that. So she didn't even know what she was running on. But I don't think that mattered to the people that were voting for her. Um, She promised uh, individuals who had um, children or fathers or, you know, family members in prison that she was going to work with them to get them out, uh, which is not the job of the district attorney. Um, And basically just a we're going to let crime go rampant. Um, We're going to just be, you know, super compassionate to everyone. And if we, you know, don't use any sticks, we only use carrots, that will mean that crime has stopped and no one else will need anything but that's just not the way that the world works it sounds like communist utopianism oh yeah that's what that's what i mean it's right at the end of communism where everything's so wonderful we don't need government and uh, th- this is crazy talk oh, who in their right mind would vote for someone like this uh so i mean enough people that she is in there now i just don't think that people realized and it was you know the 2020 election was a a crazy time everywhere and i don't think if she had run in any other year that she would have had a chance was it kind of in the aftermath of george floyd and all that sentiment 
Yeah, the COVID, George Floyd, all of those other kinds of things. Is there a defund the police sentiment in this uh, community as well? Yes. Um, We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time and some of them in the same election got into um city hall so the competition i'm running against is backed by shalina um the defund the police candidate um and back in 2021 they had their first vote for the city budget which included police funding and the two individuals that are backing my opposition voted against the budget one saying that she wasn't given enough money for office supplies so she was going to not vote to fund the police and the other one saying she wanted a higher car stipend or else she wasn't going to fund the police wow um I'm certainly not a lawyer, but something comes to mind about your termination, because uh, to me, it's directly related to your candidacy, the way you related the story. Um, isn't that a violation of law? Isn't, that retali- uh, isn't it retaliation? The retaliation, there's several different claims. Um, I don't. You'd have to have a four-hour-long show to go over 
all of the stuff, but um, I am talking with another attorney who doesn't do criminal. They do employment law, and, and we're working through that one. But that's about all I can say about that right now. Okay, because it's an active case or, or potentially an active case. Yes, sir. Okay, I understand. I But that, my instincts seem to be on the money here because... When you were telling the story, I go, "That's you can't do that. That's retaliation." Um, it's like um, I can't think of the gentleman's name, but he's supporting the recall against Gascon in L.A. County, and now he's his political opponent. He's the number two guy in the office in L.A. Mm-hmm. County, and he hasn't been touched. And I asked an attorney friend of mine. I said, "Why hasn't he been touched?" He goes, "That's a clear case of retaliation. Gascon doesn't need a lawsuit." So I just when when you were telling that story, I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh." Because uh, when you describe the circumstances about a text message, I'm thinking you got to be kidding. I mean, the worst you get is a slap on the wrist if you did something wrong, and I didn't hear anything wrong, so that's ridiculous. I've got some crime stats here that I think are interesting. Since this person has taken over, um, she has overseen what a property increase rate of crime, um, what, 18%, 200% in drug offenses, 9% in homicide, and 41% in robbery. How does anyone justify that record publicly? She does not talk about it. So after I was fired, the first thing that she did was draft up a confidentiality agreement and had everyone sign it. And I said, you know, she's not a good attorney. That's objective, not subjective. Um, A confidentiality agreement is not enforceable against a public office subject to open records requests. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, so the main thing that she does is not talk about crime and doesn't want anyone else to talk about crime. That gets right back to why I was fired. That's illegal. (laughs) <laughs> Again, you've just you've reinforced my first question that you really can't talk about, but that's illegal as heck. Um, wow, you're right. She's not a very good attorney, and she's inviting blowback from within. Um, is there a general feeling of intimidation in that office towards attorneys that want to do their job? Yes. Yeah. So uh, for the people that stayed over from the prior administration, like myself, and um, they would... For instance, there was one attorney there. He had always been down in our committal court, the recorder's court down here, and he had been in there for several years. Uh, Their way of getting him out was they moved him up to state court. They gave him a new caseload. Then two months later, they gave him a different caseload. Then they kept moving him around. And uh, when he wasn't, you know, up to par with everything because he had just gotten a new uh, full caseload and our caseloads down here are three, four hundred for felonies and in the thousands for state court. Uh, they would say, you know, why aren't you doing, why didn't you have this? And you just put me here. I need some time to get everything together. And he eventually just, he just left and um, found a different job. Um, so if they can't drive you out the other way, then they'll end up firing you. There's several people before I was fired. I had a trial partner. She had a case, and it was um, an aggravated battery. An individual got cut with a bottle. Um, The victim did. Well, through the investigation and everything like that, my trial partner found out, oh, he did get cut with a bottle, but he started a fight at a bar 
and tried to cut someone else. And so this is a defense. Uh, this is a self-defense case. So she calls the victim and says, you know, I've looked over your case. I don't think this is something we can take to trial. And the guy says, no, this guy has to go to prison. He has to pay restitution on his will. You know, there's eight people at this bar that have all done um, affidavits and depositions and said that you started the fight and that you got cut because the guy who's charged as a defendant is defending himself. Well, this victim didn't like that, and he came up to the office for all of us to find out that he was friends with Shalina and that he had worked on her campaign. And so that went from that was not a good case and that they needed to get rid of it to my trial partner was unqualified to be an attorney and no longer worked there. And the funny thing on that one is as I've started uh, raising awareness of the corruption that happens in that office and the trial partner is already uh, filed suit and it's just been moved over to federal court. Um, that case that she was fired over because she wouldn't offer prison was pled down to a misdemeanor and swept under the rug. Yeah, I mean, this is a theme that is just repeating itself around the country. And when we see it this much, you know, I don't shy away from conspiracies if there's a pattern and facts to back it. And and when you see it in so many different locations, it's hard to believe there's not a central force behind this. There's marching orders being issued. Do you suspect that what's happening in Savannah is similar to what's happening in L.A. and New York and so forth? Oh, I would definitely think that. I mean, I don't have as much money as Soros does, but if I was going to put almost six figures behind someone, I would want conditions. So, you know, and I would definitely have those conditions with, uh, if you don't do it, I can do the same thing four years from now and you won't be there anymore. Interesting. So you're saying Soros uh, dumped uh, $100,000 into Shalina's campaign? It was at least eighty that I'm able to see, 80000 How does that manifest? I, I don't think he's writing his name on the checks. Have you traced it to his organizations, and if so, which ones? Uh, truth, or not truth, um, law and justice path. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing, um, you know, writing a check, for her campaign they send out a bunch of mailers for her they basically do their entire campaign for her Um, and then they do a bunch of the attack stuff on the competition as well and are you seeing this in other public offices Uh, this is George Soros influenced across the board oh I can see it in my own race so you know Shalina is the Soros backed her defund the police uh, friends on city council when Shalina was running. Uh, one of the things they did is there was a mailer from the competition that had a picture of Shalina on it taken straight from her Facebook. And then all of a sudden, you know, in a week, there's a truth and justice or law and justice uh, pack talking about how they intentionally made her look darker and they're racist and i I can't wrap my head around it and 
you know, we're just about uh, a few days from mine, and just last night I was uh, alerted that the defund the police city hall candidate was on her own podcast and that I had done the exact same thing that she, you know, I had taken a picture from the competition Facebook where she's endorsing my opposition. And they're saying, oh, well, you made it much darker. You're a racist. So within the past 24 hours, I've suddenly become a white supremacist, sexist, uh, everything else you could think of. But, you know, they all step in lockstep. They all, I'm sure, they get together where I have a conversation and say, you know, this is what's going on. How can we stop this? Is your area primarily Democratic or Republican? Uh, the county leans more Democrat. Do you have a general percentage idea? Um, I want to say maybe 60-40, 55-45. Yeah. What about your media? Same same kind of leanings? Uh, pretty much, yeah. They've yeah. given me some publicity, um, but nothing really compared to, you know, the chosen candidate. My goodness. What about the credentials of your opponent? Um, how do they compare to yours? So, um, I have been a prosecutor. I've practiced criminal law since 2014, since before that, when I did internships in law school. And I've handled well over 8,000 criminal cases, everything from a seatbelt violation to a murder. And when I say 8,000, I mean that I was going through and I was counting the cases and you can only load up 300 on the page and you have to go in and put in dates. And so it took a lot of time. And when I was halfway through my career here in Chatham County and I had 8,000, I was like, okay, I don't need to keep counting. There's no one that's going to have more experience than me when it comes to criminal law. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opponent does, uh, you know, I'm sure you could probably guess, uh, defense. And, you know, the thing is, when it goes to prosecution, the joke is that our experience is measured in dog years. Because as a prosecutor, like I said, we go in there, we have 300 cases on a normal caseload. Um, once they started firing people, getting rid of people, people walking away, I ended up running a whole courtroom by myself and had over 600 cases that I was responsible for. When you have a defense attorney, if they have... 60, 80 cases, they're overwhelmed. They're swamped. So no one has handled anywhere near amount the criminal cases that I have. And the position that I'm running for is uh, one that is only criminal. So the judge in this recorder's court position does no civil. Now, now I have to ask the $64 million question because we're in election season. When you have the kind of integrity or lack of that you're describing here, I get real concerned about perpetuation of voter fraud practices. Is that a problem in your county, in Chatham County? So in 2020, Chatham County was the last or the second to last to finish counting the votes. The only one that took longer or was close to it was Fulton County in Atlanta. Um, I'm not smart enough to figure out why that happened or you know i can't get the access to the data to figure it out um but it was definitely very strange that our very small county 
had such an issue when it came to counting less votes than many other counties and many other states. So, I mean, Florida, the entire state was done counting while our county was still trying to figure it out. But my election is a, a smaller, more local. Um, I don't, I'm not worried about anything like that happening for mine. Um, I, I hope I don't need to worry about it. I hope I'm too small on the radar for anyone to worry about it. But, you know, there's definitely questions that people are right to ask when they look at how long it took to count the votes. Yeah, but I think Soros might mind. And the reason I say that, people like you going into judgeships could undermine the leniency being brought by this uh, Letitia. Or, I'm sorry, whatever her name was. <laughs> it jumped out of my head. I apologize. But, but uh, yeah, I think that um, he would care very much. And I think he would probably throw some money that way. Um, in, in terms of your opponent, have you looked at the campaign contributions that your opponent's getting and where they come from? I've looked at the most recent one. Um, one of the things that actually is concerning since you're mentioning it is, uh, looking at it, their budget, you know, we're getting close to the end. Their budget is almost gone. My budget's almost gone. And then found out today that they've spent, you know, several thousand dollars on new, um, large four by four signs to place out with him and his endorsements of people. I'm like, where that money came from, but I guess we'll find out when the next filing comes in. Well, that's really interesting. Now, are you in a November cycle or when does this election take place? No. So, um, our position, the common sense show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow for example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Jen in georgia for judges nonpartisan, and the way that that works is we'll do the primary and that's it our november is may okay so you, oh so you're when, what date are you is your election up may 24th so oh this my time gosh. next week hopefully uh be judge burton <laughs> oh and and uh when when would uh the winner assume office uh, not until January 1st. That's a long, lame duck period. Yeah, it's definitely weird how they do it. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't just have it on the November one instead of the primary, but that's just the way they do it here in Georgia. And then judges, like you said, have to run totally nonpartisan. Right. But we everybody knows well, that you're both- running against a Democrat, I'm sure. Yeah, so we're supposed to run nonpartisan, though um, one of the flyers I've sent out to let people know who it is that they're being tricked into voting for is him on the come and meet the Democratic candidate, and it has his name on it. Like You understand it's supposed to be nonpartisan. Like You can go to a Democrat event. You can go to a Republican event, but you should not be there candidate so 
does it, it is what it is. Does it your state have a uh, an election commission that would govern uh, events such as that? So they wouldn't have really any teeth for that type of issue. I mean, it's not smart, um, but I don't think it's criminal. Oh, boy, it's a, the whole process is so dirty. Now, I have to ask another election integrity question here um, in two areas because I'm worried about election integrity. Because whenever these kinds of people come to power, let's be, I'll back up here, Anthony. Let me just tell you by way of uh, record reputation, I've made a lot of powerful enemies in Arizona because I dared to look into the election practices. And I found a lot of stuff, and a lot of people started coming forward and talking to me because they were frustrated. And so let's put it this way. I've been attacked publicly by state senators. Uh, <laughs> and I just, like I said, our attorney general knows who I am. And I didn't start out to make trouble. I just want a fair election. And what I have found is when these kinds of people come to power, you have a high number of uh, ballots, uh, duplicate ballots don't follow direction, and I'm talking about secret ballots that come in at the midnight hour. And then you have uh, voting machines of questionable application. Do you have those elements in your county, or are you pretty much a, a paper state? How does that work? So we have the um, double Dominion machine where you go in, and it's on a screen, and it saves to a card, and then they print out the paper one and scan it in um i'm not sure exactly how they do the absentee i know that 2020 they had more absentees than ever they also had um a large amount this year and i know that the big issue when it comes to the uh, absentee ballots is that they're supposed to be a signature and everything like that well once they take it out of the envelope it's no longer associated with the envelope it's just a nameless ballot a secret ballot Hmm. so i don't know if we have the best way of doing it down here um i'm honestly don't know very much about the election process in arizona to be able to compare it to yours though yeah what i do i do know about fulton county um i've got people i made friends with there and the elements of the crime is always the same it doesn't matter if you're in uh, Philadelphia. Doesn't matter if you're in Wisconsin. Doesn't matter if you're in Fulton County or Maricopa County. It's always the same five things. And uh, concerning thing is the voting machine. Now, what I've learned, this is from a retired DOJ guy. So take take some heart in this. If people wake up in your county and won't elect a lawless um, judge, then what? you're looking at here is the machines can't flip the vote more than about six to eight percent depending on the population that's one thing i'm confident in saying so um but in fact even my congressman who's paul gozar he even told me once he said dave we account for a six percent cheating factor in every election so uh, that's why I had to ask the question. I, I don't want to center there too much, but but I always worry when I hear about a conservative law and order candidate and what they're going to be facing in their county because there's been some election reforms in some areas and that doesn't go on. But it sounds like you're still using Dominion and um, it's 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 interesting. Um, uh, with regard to to your candidate, have you do they have any debates? Do you go before the League of Women Voters groups like that? How do you campaign? So 
we've had several forums, so there's not so much a debate between the two of us because, you know, it's judge. So really, in a perfect world, if it was a debate, it should just be someone going up there and saying, well, I'm going to follow the law. Well, I'm going to follow the law. Um, but, I mean, that's very different than how it actually is. You have me saying we're going to follow the law, and you have the opposite side saying we're going to hug our way out of crime. Um, But we've done, you know, I'll I'll talk with anyone. I did a forum with uh, our local JC's chapter. Um, I've done a forum with the local newspaper. I did one a week or two ago with the Savannah chapter of the NAACP. Um, I talk with anyone because I think most people resonate with the idea that crime is on the rise and we want to feel safe. Yeah, there is that. Well, if you can take any heart in the recent primaries we saw in the five states, uh, a couple of things really stood out was people are voting. They're voting economy first in the political positions, but law and order is right up there in the top three, always. And so you're absolutely correct in that. You're, you're, in a sense, your DA uh, prosecutor came in at the right time for her, but I think you might be running at the right time for your situation. Uh, what about police and sheriff's department endorsements? Where, where are the people out there? So the sheriff has endorsed my competition, um, and if you ask him why, he'll say because the competition isn't going to fill my jail which I feel like is more of an endorsement for me. Um, our police our police are in pretty bad shape here. Um, they just did a survey of uh, the police that are remaining to see, you know, are you happy with your job? What can be fixed? All that. And it was, it was scathing um, for the Savannah Police Department. Um, they've had very low numbers. They don't have enough people to be fully staffed. There's such a quick turnover rate for people getting out of there that they can't keep up with the proper um, emergency equipment like vests, stuff like that. I've seen personally, you know, I've, like I said, I've worked here since 2015. I've made friends with a lot of these officers, and they are running away from the Savannah Police Department. So we have, I think, uh, 18 different police departments in this county. Um, you got the ports which is where a lot of them are going. you got the different municipalities, Bloomingdale, Pooler, uh, Garden City. You've got the different police forces for the universities. And for the general Savannah area, they just can't keep anyone with there being such better options in the county and in surrounding counties. So the lawlessness has touched their police department, basically, and they're putting officers in a position where they're less safe than officers in other cities. That's what I'm hearing you say. Right. The DA is driving off a good district attorney and is also driving off good officers. So when I was in that office, I, you know, you watch a lot of body camera. Every officer has a body camera on it. And I could not tell you how many times I had a body camera where the officer places someone in arrest, uh, under arrest, is taking him to the jail, and the body camera is still playing in the car, and the defendant's in the back yelling, I don't know why you're even arresting me. I'm going to be out before you're done with the paperwork. And they're not wrong, and I don't know. I would not, as an officer, be able to wake up every day, put on my gun, my badge, my bulletproof vest, go out there and risk my life knowing that everything I was doing was 
basically for nothing. Absolutely. Risk your life. That's the key phrase right there. And that's the, oh, that's so disturbing to hear this. Um, <laughs> I'm really concerned about your sheriff. Uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, Wilcher. First name? Um, Oh man, he's always just Sheriff Wilcher to me. John Wilcher, okay. John Wilcher. One, I have a friend named Sheriff uh, Richard Mack, and uh, he defeated the Clintons in Supreme Court when he was Graham County Sheriff here in Arizona. And he goes around the country, does seminars all the time with county sheriffs about following the Constitution. You are the last line of defense for uh, uh, constitutionality in your in your county. And sounds like uh, Sheriff Wiltshire needs to get a dose of Sheriff Mack. Uh, in fact, I'm going to pass his name along to Sheriff Mack, because this is ridiculous. Uh, you endorse a lawless candidate in saying he won't fill my jails. Well, that's crazy. This is crazy, You're not gonna Tom. You're get that from me. I definitely agree. I mean, I'd be voting against the sheriff over that statement. Well, he has run opposed for at least the last election, maybe two. I'm not sure. Is he a Democrat, too? He goes to a lot of Republican events. He also goes to a lot of Democrat events. Um, I think he runs as a Republican, um, but I don't think he has a lot of the Republican values specifically when it comes to crime. Well, clearly not. He's a rhino. Um, and I'm on the warpath against rhinos. You know, I got to tell you, my book, Rhinos Are More Dangerous Than Democrats, because at least you know where the Democrats are coming from. The rhinos scare me the most. And in, in fact, uh, we've been on this kick with the Common Sense Show. We've been advocating for about 90% of all Republican incumbents to get un- unelected because they could be stopping this mess that's going on. And in particular, things like what you're talking about. W- what's the mood um, across Georgia with regard to law and order are people mad do they want better enforcement so the people in my county the ones i talk to are not happy um i really don't know anyone other than the people that specifically benefit from crime that are happy about it you know i've had um one of the attacks on me is you know oh well law and order means that you're going to be racist or it's a racist term and i was like that's not what that means at all it means following the law and it does not matter if you're rich or you're poor you're black or you're white gay straight any other thing like that everyone just wants to be able to leave their house in the morning and be safe and come back and know that you're going to walk into your home and everything that you left there is still going to be there yeah. and your family i come back to you in the evening and not be hurt not be attacked not be robbed and one of the big things that really worries me is, you know, personal, the people in Chatham County, I want to protect them. I want to follow the law and apply that to ways that benefit the community. But we're in a uh, different situation than a lot of other cities in that we're a huge tourist destination. And so we have, you know, lower property taxes because we have such high tourist dollars and we're able to fund a lot of projects for all these kinds of things through tourist dollars well we had um i spoke with someone who works with the tourist board here in savannah and they 
said a quote to me and it was probably a year ago but the quote has stayed with me because it's really it really worries me and what they told me was we are one dead girl scout from being detroit and i you know talked with them about it and thought and i was like yeah so the uh, girl scout is leaving you know the juliet low museum there's a drive-by shooting a stray bullet hits a child that makes local news state news national news international news uh everyone who has a booking cancel no one makes a new booking people don't come the hotels are not making any income the restaurants all of that so they end up laying people off which then ends up creating more poverty which ends up creating more crime which ends up deterring more people to come to savannah and yeah if we have one of those awful shootings that's it for my county uh, savannah is the seat of Chatham County and it brings in the most revenue through the tourists and I think you know the county budget is 60% uh, funded through tourism dollars and that is in one year we would lose 60% of our income and I don't know how they would work it or how the government would do it but I know that I would be in dire straits if all of a sudden I was making 60% less than what I was, and I still needed to pay my same bills and everything. Yeah, obviously, that's it's pretty interesting. Water sports is that your big draw for tourism? I'm sorry. Water sports your big draw for tourism? Uh, I think it's historic. You know, we're a very old city. We have a downtown. We but we also have the beach. We also have mm-hmm. you know museums, history, art. SCAD is a big thing down here, so we have a lot of art, um, tourists, uh, nightlife. So a lot of people come down for a lot of different reasons. Did your uh, community go through the nonsense of tearing down statues? Um, They have been trying for a while. Um, The thing with Georgia is a lot of them are protected through statute, and so it can't just be... A uh, few people get together and they decide that everything needs to be torn down. Um, now they have defaced uh, several of the statues and monuments around town, but to my knowledge, none of them have been taken down. Okay. You know, it just seems to me, Anthony, that when you take a look at your campaign or anyone's campaign there that runs on law and order to any degree, just simply the statement to the business community if we don't have law and order people are going to stop coming this will be determined to be an unsafe destination tourist dollars will dry up what are you going to do do you want law and order or do you want this i mean is that a theme that you're going to hear in politics in your community as a part of your campaign it's a theme i've been hearing so i'll speak with people who own businesses downtown Um, And, you know, they are very aware of crime and they're worried about that. But their immediate issue is our rise in homelessness. And so we'll have uh, homeless individuals sleeping outside of a business and there might still be people inside the business Um, or it might still be open and people are detoured from going in and they call the police. And, you know, like I said, there's there's body warm cameras i don't know why you're arresting me i'm going to be out before you're done with the paperwork wow 
What about mandatory sentencing? Uh, doesn't uh, the the prosecutors have to follow mandatory sentencing requirements? So the judges have to follow the mandatory sentencing. Yeah, that's, yeah okay. The mm-hmm. DA uh, can change the charge or dismiss the charge straight out to affect what the mandatory sentencing is. Okay. So, like, the individual I talked about, the rapper who confessed to a murder, uh, he was looking at life, and they changed the charge so that he could get 15 due to. Can you explain that again, 15 due to? Oh, 15 years Uh, and due to years? Sorry. Prosecutor lingo. 15 due to is uh, 15 years probated with two years to serve. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember the rapper you were talking about who confessed to the murder. That wasn't one of his brighter moments, but he's lucky he's in a community where it's not punished. This is just incredulous. Um, Are there other judgeships that are up for election, too, that parallel your situation? So there are other people on the ballot. Um, I think all of them are running unopposed. Um, I picked this particular position because it was an open seat. And I've never run for anything. I'm, you know, basically a nobody at the beginning of this That's in the sense of, a, you know, as politician or anything like that. So looking at it, you know, there's no way that I'm going to go up against a judge that's been there for four, eight, ten, you know, any amount of that time. And this one was open. Um, so this is where we put a lot of our effort. And it's also the one where I feel like what I'm trying to do, I can do the most good. Because one of the big things I'm on is we have to start following the law when it comes to bonds. And, you know, it's one thing to have someone go to trial on a murder, get convicted, and go away for life. But that murder still happened. If you can go in and stop the aggravated assaults that are happening, you can stop that murder. If you can go in and stop the person who is breaking into vehicles to find firearms, you can stop that murder. One of the cases that I personally handled and I talk about a lot on the campaign trail is I had an individual, by the time the case had got to me, he had had five felony arrests. The first arrest was for breaking into a car, which is a felony here in Georgia. Um, and he was given a bond. And I tell people, I would have given that bond. He didn't have a record. So he makes it about a week, and he's rearrested for breaking into a car and having a stolen firearm. That shows me he's not detoured by getting arrested, and he's going to continue to do this, and he's looking for guns. I would not have given him a bond. He got a bond. He then goes on to commit three more felonies. The last one... He drives to someone's house in a stolen car, gets out of the stolen car with a stolen gun, and commits a home invasion. As a judge, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do to stop home invasions as they're happening. But what I can do is stop an individual who has shown what it is that they're intending to do and what it is that they're intending to commit to a life of crime. And you can put stop on that, or at the very least, a pause. This is this is amazing, uh, you know. But I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm just, but I'm overwhelmed every time I hear these stories. The the depraved indifference towards criminals. When you look at, and I know it's hard to assume intent, 
But I kind of look at what's going on across America and, and now in your community as like a Maoist cultural revolution. We want to overthrow the system, so we have to destabilize it first. Do you think that comes into play here? Or what could explain why these uh, DAs and, and liberal judges want to have a lack of law and order? So I had a mentor when I first started. And she told me that being a good prosecutor, you're going to see evil and you're going to see stupid. And your job is to differentiate between the two. Um, And when I first started, I was like, oh, there's going to be 50% evil, 50% stupid. As I've gotten the experience, I realized that a majority of the time, criminals are stupid. There are evil criminals. They certainly exist, but they're not the majority. And you're not the first person to ask me this about Shalina and the DA's office and DA's elsewhere. Um, I still cannot decide if it's evil or stupid. So I, and it's because I just can't imagine that anyone would want to live in a crime-ridden lawless society. You have to live in the county to be the DA, the judge, all of that. You have to live here. Um, but, you know, there's just so much that it just seems so dumb, like just fundamental misunderstandings of human nature. Like you can't just give people everything and expect, you know, oh, well, we've given all of this stuff and all of that. And now they're not going to do anything like, no, you have trained this behavior. If you have a child and every time the child throws a temper tantrum, you give it whatever you want, that child's going to always throw a temper tantrum. If the first time that child throws a temper tantrum, you spank his butt, uh, there's not going to be any more temper tantrums. And it's not just for kids. Those are adults. Those are every single person at every stage in their life that if you just let them get away with anything. You know, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, you know, what they're doing in California with the shoplifting that's coming here to Savannah so we don't have the gangs that come in and bust things but we have individuals that they have learned I can steal whatever I want and I'm either going to get away with it or I'm going to get a ride to the jail and then a bus ticket back home. Nonsense. It's such nonsense. Anthony, we're almost out of time, and I wanted to give you enough time to talk about your website because people both in your county and now people are going to be curious around the nation. They're going to want to come see it. They're going to want to learn more about this. So how do they do that? So anyone can find me at electanthonyburton.com. I'm also on Facebook, uh, Elect Anthony Burton for Recorders Court Judge in Chatham County. Um, any questions anyone has they'd be happy to send me an email or anything like that and you know we're still trying to fight the other side and get our message out so if anyone felt inclined to donate we would definitely be appreciative of that so anthonyburton.com and you do have a donate button there yes elect anthonyburton.com all right that sounds good well anthony i want to thank you for coming on and your courage for standing up for what's right we need more people like you i hope you're successful in your candidacy and best of luck thank you sir take care bye